Pickaxe. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is at hand. Across the sea to old Japan we go to enjoy our latest video game movie offering, Forbidden Siren. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about Forbidden Siren, a game where there's red water and noise. That's red, red sky. There's red water at the end. What? No, it was red sky, man. There was red water at the end. Okay, right. Is that the water was just reflecting the sky? No, red water, because that happens in the game. Because oh. I have played the first bit of Forbidden Siren 2. Oh. Anywho, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to VGMP, the video game movie podcast. This is the third of our Halloween specials for the year 2023. And today, we are back to Japan. Remember, we went to Japan a couple of weeks ago and we did Corpse Party. And it was garbage. Yes. Disastrous. Awful. Terrible. Waste of everyone's time. <gasps> today, we're back there. Doing Forbidden Siren. But the question is, brother, will Forbidden Siren be better than Cops Party? Um, My question is... I mean, it can't be worse, can it? I think that we know that the Forbidden Siren anyway is the Vuvuzela. Because everyone got pissed off with it at that World Cup and banned it. Like ten years ago, yeah. Yeah. Ten years <laughs> ago? That's not a Vuvuzela. What is a Vuvuzela? That's an air horn. That's yeah. a air horn. So what's a Vuvuzela? Well, I can't imitate one with my mouth, but it's Why like not? a... It's like a... That's noise. not the Vuvuzela. That's the Vuvuzela. No, it's not. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, ladies and gentlemen, while I get this <laughs> fool to Google a Vuvuzela. So what's fun for That's an air horn. What's the difference? <laughs> Start. So a vuvu sailor is powered by your own lungs. Right. Air horns is compressed air canisters. Well, that's what a vuvu sailor is powered by. Your air lungs compress the air as you. So technically, it's much an air more horn. compressed. Much more compressed than the human body is capable <laughs> a of. A trumpet is also an air. Why horn. are you ruining everything? Because I'm a dick. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're talking about Forbidden Siren. Some of you may have played Forbidden Siren. Some of you may have not, because outside of Japan, the games are quite hard to come by. Well, actually, I think Forbidden Siren wasn't released in America. Uh, two wasn't. Yeah. Two wasn't released in America at all. But it was released um, in Europe. You had to import a European or Japanese yep. uh, PS2. Um the first one was though, but even even the I mean, Forbidden Siren two and one and two are both available in the UK, but they're hard to come by. I have only ever seen a copy of Forbidden Siren, any of them, in the wild once, and I bought it. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Interesting. Oh, I was like, yes, please. I will be taking you. Thank you. So, what's your experiences of the game? I literally played the first level and couldn't play. <laughs> so, why? What would stop you playing it? What was the um, it's hard to say. It's a stealth game for starters. Oh, so it's not because it it looks it's like survival film, horror. It's like Silent Hill. Yeah. yeah, it's survival horror. But the first level, at least, um, you have no weapons. 
I don't know if that changes as the game goes on. But first level is stealth. As you know, I hate stealth games. Mm. And you've got this weird sight jacking ability where you have to like get in the minds of the enemies and stuff. I, I don't know, truthfully. Oh, so there's a psychic it, component. Yeah. It just never gripped me as much as like Resident Evil did. And seeing as I had like every Resident Evil as well, I basically ended up always playing Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Fair enough. It's... It's one of those things where Siren, I feel like it's... If you were to put all the big horror franchises in a ranking system, yeah. obviously your A tier is like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, uh, probably the Dead Ooze. Space. Which one? The Ooze. No. Probably Dead Space, yep. you know, the proper like heavy hitters. Yeah. Then you've probably got like your B tier, which is probably like House of the Dead. House of the Dead. Okay. House of the oh, Dead. Or would you put that as a C tier? I'd put that lower. Yeah. But you know, like Alone Deep in Fear. the Deep Fear, Alone in the Dark, Cold Fear, yeah. Condemned, stuff like that. Condemned, yeah. And Siren is either in your B or your C tier. It's yeah. not low <sighs> B, high C. Sort yeah. Of. Yeah. Um it's House not... of the Dead has got to be like a S tier, yeah. Right, right above no. the A. No. <laughs> it's low, low, low. But it got a remake. So? Resident Evil's never had a remake. Resident Evil's had more remakes than I think any other franchise <laughs> in the more world. more than original games, isn't it? Fucking. They're, they're, they're just... I think they're, I think they're trying... I think Capcom are trying to get the record for being the first company to have a franchise where every entry's been remade at some point. Yeah, and there's rumours they're going to remake the remake of the first one. Yeah, for the 25th anniversary. <laughs> no, for the 30th anniversary. It's 25th anniversary. They're going to be the first gone. game company to remake a remake. To be fair, I didn't, just very quickly taking yeah, yeah, yeah. a side story into remake territory, I didn't realise until I bought them all on Steam how many of the Final Fantasies have been remade. Right. I did not realise that. Like, pretty much one to six have all been remade. And obviously, Seven's being remade as well. Um, now, not remake. Well, technically, I suppose it depends what you want to classify as a remake. Are they just graphical overlays? If or? you mean, have they been remade like Seven has, where it's literally a brand new game and they've expanded it? No, they haven't. But they've all been remade at least twice because they got remade for the Nintendo DS, where they were all upgraded from 2D sprite games to 3D chibi characters. You mean downgrade. Similar to, uh, <laughs> similar to, do you remember the original Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. How everyone was kind of chibified? Yeah. Um, but they've also, which is not, they're not the versions I own. I own what's called the Pixel Remasters. Right. Where they've redone all the music so that it doesn't sound like fucking six, uh, eight, 16 PCM. bit or whatever. PCM audio, you can say it. Um, I'll let you. Say what? PCM audio, I'll let you say it. Is that what 16 bit audio is? Yes, chip tune. It's PCM. Okay. Um, and it's they've fixed some bugs and things, I think, yeah. as well. Because I know Final Fantasy 2 had a bug in it. Uh, I know Final Fantasy 2 very infamously. Um, Final Fantasy 1 saved Square Final Fantasy 2 nearly destroyed Square again right? because uh, uh, basically they made a design choice in 2 where not only do you level your characters you level every individual job type they can be assigned oh they do that in Yakuza like a dragon and it gets worse yeah each individual stats level is separate so it's not a case of you go up to level 1 everything all your stats go up by one point, let's say. Right. 
you level based on what you use. Now, what this means, though, is this includes your HP. The only way to level up your total HP is to take damage, but not die. If you die, you don't get any XP. So apparently what a lot of people end up doing in Final Fantasy 2 is just attacking themselves to get their HP up. That's weird. Yeah, and it basically makes the game incredibly slow and grindy to play, apparently. Right. Uh, okay. Luckily, they abandoned that system for Final Fantasy 3. Cool. And, um, well, the rest is history. We're all the way up to Final Fantasy 16 now, aren't we? Well, final sidebar on audio. We're talking yeah. about PCM audio, which is the output from old chiptune consoles. There were a couple of variances on that. Uh, the Master System, uh, the Japanese one anyway, had an FM sound frequency built into it. Uh, only the Japanese one, uh, and the SG-1000 Mark III, which was a master system in all but name, had an adapter you could bolt onto it to give FM sound. FM what's sound, the difference? So FM sound gave uh, a higher amount of audio mix. You could blend another tune underneath. Okay. Um, and uh, a good way for anyone to experience this on modern hardware, including PCs, PS5, uh, Xbox One, whatever, uh, for, specifically how to experience the master system doing this, uh, there's a game called Lost Judgment, which is part of the Yakuza, or now it's called Like a Dragon series. It was always called that in Japan, but we call it... Oh, is it, it not called Yakuza anymore? No, well, it wasn't called Yakuza in Japan, and then Yakuza Like a Dragon, the RPG one they did, was the, basically the last Yakuza game, and now they're all called Like a Dragon or something like that. So the next one, where Kiryu Kazuma is coming back, is not called Yakuza. It's called Like a Dragon, the man who... F- uh, the man who lost his name or something like that. But is it still going to be about Yakuza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why change it? Uh, well, at, because... Because they want it to be the same. Yeah, yeah. But because you know they what? want to name it after the Japanese. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. That doesn't always make things better. I think I'd like, well, they... I would like to submit into evidence for that notion. Yeah. If, if we could just open VGMP court for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Judge Rory presiding. Okay, bang, bang. Um, add a gavel sound effect in, will you? yeah. Or just say bang bang. So my my theory is that merging the Japanese and American versions of things does not always make them better. Case in point, Doctor Robotnik. Yep. <laughs> Doctor Robotnik. He's called Eggman now. Yeah, and, and that he always, sucks because he always was in Japan. Yeah, and it sucks. I, yeah, I agree. Doctor Robotnik is a far better name. And I hate the fact that I've I've fallen in with the sheeple and I automatically call him Eggman now. Yeah. For years, I insisted. I kept going, nope, Dr. Robotnik, Dr. Robotnik. Definitely Robotnik. And I just gave... Yeah. Once the games just never said Robotnik ever again. Yeah. And it was like, oh. That sucks, isn't it? But the, the other one as well. What about um, Aeris versus Aerith? Oh, I don't give a shit. It's, that's a translation <laughs> error, isn't it? It is Aerith is the official name. Yeah, yeah, because that's um, the Japanese name. Yeah. Um, Ares works as well, though. Yeah, or yeah. Ares, however you want to pronounce it. Um, Who cares? The bitch dies. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. But I think the reason... Long live Teetha! I think the reason they wanted to get away from the Yakuza name and just call it Like a Dragon is because... Um, Organised violence. Well, no, because they've got Judgment and Lost Judgment, which are two kind of somewhat spin-offs, but they're actually mainline. Uh, and you don't... You're not a Yakuza guy. You right. play a detective, a private detective. You might like it a little bit more on that front because it's detective work. Um, you know, you're not playing as a boring-faced Kazuma Kiryu going, I am so stoic. Uh, <laughs> you're playing as a dude. Uh, but either way, the uh, in Lost Judgment specifically, I think it's in Judgment as well, but Lost Judgment specifically I know it works in, uh, you can collect Master System games and play them on a built-in emulator yeah. in the game. Uh, now, it gives you the option when you go onto the Japan- onto the Master System emulator whether you want to play the what they call Japanese or international 
versions, you switch the console over. Uh, and the actual BIOS screen, the Japanese BIOS screen, was so much cooler than the Western one um, on the Master System because you actually had the Space Harrier theme played out in Master System chip tune. Really when, cool. when you say BIOS screen, is that if you turn it on without a game in yeah, it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Do you know, I never, ever once turned my Mega Drive on without a game in it. doesn't have a BIOS screen. Uh, the Mega CD does, though. What happened if you turned a Mega Drive on without one? Did it black explode? Screen. No, just black screen. Oh. It didn't give you anything. Which is weird because the Master System had one. And uh, it, it's just a weird little quirk. Yeah. But uh, basically, so the game I know it definitely works on, but it does it on several, is Penguin Land, which is like a, a, a platform puzzler. And if you play the international version, it sounds like a Master System slash Game Gear. You know, that's just how it sounds. Switch over to the Japanese version and play it again. The emulator will play it with FM sound. And it's the sound is so much better. Oh, okay. Because it's playing, un, it's got underlaid music. <coughs> what's, what's Sonic 1? Is that chip or FM? Uh, Sonic 1 was That's chip. 16-bit, in it? Yeah. No, no. Uh, what? Which one? The original one? Yeah, yeah. Sega Mega Drive. Oh, yeah. That's Sonic the Hedgehog, 1999. Well, that's 16-bit, but I think it's 8-bit sound on the okay. Mega Drive. I, yeah. It, well, it's good music anyway. Oh, yeah. It's pumping. What's weird is the music for Sonic 1 on the Master System mm. is... I, I actually kind of slightly prefer because it was re- it was basically done by Yuzo Koshiro, the guy who made Streets of Rage. Yeah, and the but... music is banging. Yeah, but originally you can't beat Mega Drive Sonic One. They are all tunes. Well, yeah, I mean all you... of them, every single one. There's no bad tunes in that. No, but there, there isn't really in the one on the Master System either. Which is a... no, honestly, honestly. Have you, you ever played it? Yeah, I finished it. Yeah, but did you play the Master System the Game Gear one? Well, no, I had the Game Gear yeah, one. Yeah, there is a difference. Master System one's just better. Right. Master System versions are always superior, which is why it pees me off that A, Lost Judgment doesn't have the Sonic games in it on the Master System emulator. And on Sonic Origins, they only let you play the Game Gear ones. And I'm like... Yeah, it's same on Mega Collection. It's yeah, only for the Game Gear bollocks. ones. It's like... Give me the Master... The Master System ones are just the superior versions. You get more screen space. It looks better. With the only exception of Sonic Blast, which sucks either way. It is a t- oh, yeah, I've, done, I've, done, I've, I've completed it twice. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Completed awful. it, mate. <laughs> but it's better on the Game Gear because the colours are correct, and the Mars System conversion, which I own on cartridge, by the way, uh, was a knockoff by Tech Toy in Brazil. It's not actually official. Well, anyway. none of this except your terrible opinions is, you know, spooky, so let's m- move things back. <laughs> to forbidden sound. S- to forbidden sirens. Yes, so, so I'm going to read off three bits of trivia, and then we're going to bowl straight in. This is based on the second game, Siren 2. Uh, and it, Very loosely. Yeah, yeah. And it released simultaneously with it in Japan. So it's it's kind of an oddity because this doesn't normally happen. The film was in production at the same time as the game. Which you'd think would make it much closer. They must have only been using the same script. But as you say, it's only loosely based. There's quite well, a few different variants. I think probably because, as I said, the game has got like multiple playable characters in it. And multiple... And multiple storylines. So mm. it probably was a case of you couldn't actually turn that into a film yeah. without it being like seven hours long. Well, they try and do that in the, ironically enough, Yakuza Like a Dragon movie and it, it sucks. It sucks. Um, so anyway, the in, there's an insect that attacks Yuki, the main female character of it, uh, uh, relatively early in the film. That may be a reference to Datatsushi, who is the extraterrestrial bug creature in the first game. Now, I've not played the first game either, Spoiler alert for anyone here who... Well, it's not really a spoiler alert. Uh, let's be honest, I've said it multiple times. The first PlayStation I ever really played was a PS3. And Forbidden Sun was PS2. I did not own a PS2. I was not going to submit to that after it, 
the poor Dreamcast went away, and I love the Dreamcast. Uh, but yeah, and I know that's petty at this point, certainly this many years later, but just never found a reason to go back and play a PS2. But yeah, so I've never played either of these. Yeah, there's some amazing games on PS2. I know. But to be fair, I think nearly anything worth playing on PS2 now has probably been re-released on different consoles anyway. Yeah. Um, The one I'm struggling to get is Sega Rally 2006, not Sega Rally Revo, uh, which because I've got that on the 360 and now on the PC, but... Is, there's there's a, a game that was only released in Japan called Sega Rally 2006. I love Sega Rally, and it's got some really amazing music. And I'm just like, I, I can't get this cocking game. I've got the soundtrack on CD. I can't get the game. Remind me when we're done, and I'll have a quick check, see if I know how to get it. Sure. Um, have you played the PS2 Altered Beast? No. It's bad. Yeah, because they did a... Weirdly enough, I own a Japanese PS2 game, and it's a fantasy-style remake. Okay. Um, I've never been able to play it because I don't own a PS2, let alone a Japanese one. <laughs> I just have this game. Um, but yeah, so uh, the last one is there's a character called Riko Azuma in the game. Doesn't appear in the film at all except from one bit of trivia. Uh, there's a bit where Yuki's walking around this market and there's loads of like vinyl records being sold. One of those is the album in the game from Riko Azuma. Um, it's an archive item you can find, but... That's about it. That's as much trivia as I could actually find on the film. So if that sounds like a stretch, it's because that's all I could get. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much. So our film starts uh, with a little bit of exposition where they're talking about famous disappearances. Did you want uh, me to including... read that out? I do have that. What, the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, go on. So the opening title crawl goes, Year 1590 yeah, in America. In a 100- hundred... <laughs> What? What's, I was going to do um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, oh, far, far away. away. The 117 citizens of Roanoke... Sec- uh, fuck. The 117 citizens of Roano Secretary... Secretary? It is, yeah. Mate, these Some of these might be translation errors, by the way. The 117 citizens of Roano Secretary Island suddenly disappeared. The island left a mysterious letter. Year, 1872, Atlantic Ocean. The Mary Celeste was found floating in the middle of the ocean. All crew were missing. These few words were hurriedly written down in the ship's log. 4th December. My wife, Mary. Jump to 1976, and we now see some workers in a typhoon. This is on Yame Island in Japan. Yep. And there's literally a full-on fucking hurricane, fucking storm going on. And there's a group of men in orange jumpsuits and hard hats. They've got torches. And they're running through this town looking for people. Um, Everyone's missing. There's literally, much like the Mary Celeste, they go into houses and there's literally food still warm on the table sometimes. Yep. Um, they eventually come to a house where there is a guy, uh, still alive, sitting there in a great big hoodie, uh, and on his wall, he's written, Dog Live, yes. on, uh, on his wall in what could either be red spray paint or could be blood. Yep. And he's kind of just chilling like a villain, uh, <laughs> almost camatose, and they're a bit like, Talk to us, talk to us. Got some weird white goo dribbling out of yeah, his mouth. I think that's meant to be uh, like Raby's phone, but it disappears in the next shot of him, so it's, it's a bit calm. weird. Well, yes, it could be. It could be forbidden siren. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, yeah. I think you're right. It's supposed to be like foaming at the mouth type thing. Yeah. Um, or milk. Maybe he just drank some milk. Anyway, 
he's mostly like camatose until all of a sudden we hear this air raid siren start going off yeah. and he just freaks the fuck out and he ends up like shoved up against this wall and he's screaming when yeah. you hear the siren don't go outside yeah danger you can't go outside when the siren sounds you can't go outside yeah um uh, one of them is outside you notice yeah yeah he gets because um, he gets pushed out doesn't he when the guy panics yeah now this bit this whole beginning section yep i really like the way it's shot yep um, the camera feels frenetic, but not in that annoying 2000s and onwards style. Not like Quantum of Solace. Where it's so frenetic, yeah. you don't know what's happening. Yeah. It just feel it feels like you're in a typhoon. Yeah. And I really... And, and, and the build-up to him freaking out is all done very well as well. The only bit I don't like is they then do a load of quick cutting... And he's like pulling stupid faces. Yeah. Um. One of them is literally like the Aargo face, right. where he's literally like looking inwards and just being like, ah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's you're, oversold you're, it slightly. Yeah. But I did like there was a couple of bits of um. There was a couple of bits like when the guys are about to enter his hut, uh, and they're like banging at the at the door, and because it's one of them traditional Japanese houses, it's With basically paper. Yeah, like paper slash glass. Um, they're backlit with a, like a vivid electric blue where the lightning's going off and you just get to see like there's almost zombie looking forms as they're banging at the door before they open it. Um, now a lot of the lighting in this, there is a section later. That's a lot of that. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It's not cinematic per se in kind of a feature film sense. Not in a Hollywood No, sense. it looks more like an eighties music video, like thriller, like moonwalker, like something like that. But I really like it because it's really stylized and it's not bland. Like, again, we watched Corpse Party and it was just such a dull film to look at. This is vivid with color and it like it doesn't it it uses backlight and it uses uh, reflections and it uses shadow to its advantage, which I really quite I appreciate. It doesn't work in every sense, um, but even from this intro sequence we see a little sparkle mm. of some actual direction yeah which you know is more than we can say for corpse pie the siren echoes and we see it's mounted on the top of a big electrical pylon yes that's up in like the the mountains kind of got like a hill in the center of it yeah it's, this island is just one big mountain really basically yeah with the, with the village at the outskirts um so then we cut to a boat's horn like one of them like like you hear at sea um don't think the camera needed to be that close to the horn, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice match cut. It is a match cut. It's quite cool. And then uh, we see Yuki, um, who is... Uh, and he doesn't really have a first name, so we'll just call him Amano because he's Mr. Amano. Uh, but they don't actually name him early on either. This is one problem I have with the film, is we get Hideo, the child that um, Yuki is looking after, which is her younger brother... And we get the name of Minamida in a minute, who is a doctor who meets them on the island. But we don't get his name or her name through most of the film, which is a bit annoying. It's like, just just, just give us the names, dude. Like, we'll remember them. The good thing with this, unlike Corpse Fight as well, I know I'm doing a lot of comparisons, but it's quite important to note that at once you've got the names Hideo, Minamida, Amano, and Yuki, those are names that you're not going to confuse. Yeah, and these characters all have their own unique look. Yep. Because they're not in uniforms. Yep. So, 
yeah, immediately you've got a unique blueprint for each character, and you've got a name that stands out. So that's two... And, you know, and I think you'd be able to tell who is who within the nature of the film via their shadow as well. Um, they've both, they've each got a different stature. Uh, so, yeah, they're uh, travelling to this island, and it turns out they're a family. So Amano is the dad, uh, Yuki is, a da- is the daughter, Hideo is also his son's and Yuki's brother, yeah. even though he's much younger. There's a big age gap. Yeah, big, big age gap. No mention of any mothers throughout this whole film. Okay, it's what it is. And they've got a dog. I'd say, I'd say about a 10-year age gap. At, at least. least. At least. It looks he 15 looked, to me, but it might he, be that He looked she's... about 12, she looked about 22. That's, mm, okay. I thought he was 8 and she was like 24. Oh, okay. But it could be that that's the playing age. That might be her, the actress's actual age, but they're doing that thing where she's playing a younger character. Yeah. Uh, just like they did in Corpse Party and they do in American Pie and, you know, they do it frequently. Uh, just easier, isn't it, with the legal laws of, mm. you know, shooting children versus shooting adults. Um, don't make the joke, Jamie, don't make the joke. Oh, when I say shoot, I don't mean with a gun, Jamie. So we find out that uh, from Amano that they're going to a new house isolated and provided by, quote-unquote, the company on the island. We don't really get much more about this company. It's not really a big deal. It's just, I think, set up for why they're at the island. Um, but yeah, and the island they're going to is the Yame Island from the 1976 portion in the film. On the island, they're picked up by a man called Minamida, who's a tall Japanese guy who often wears um, shirts and cardigans. So they get to the island. There's a bunch of weirdos they're... there. Yep, they get picked up by Minamida, um, who... They... Amano says he's from a local clinic, mm-hmm. and according to the dialogue that, because um, Yuki goes chases after Hideo, keeps running, and that's going to be a theme in this film. Uh, Hideo go running places, and Yuki go chasing. Uh, but Minamida and Amano have a conversation, and Minamida meant it appears they've moved because of some unnamed illness for Hideo. Minamida mentions that the university hospital is there and that Hideo is, looks better than expected. Or he says the boy looks better than expected specifically. And Amano asks, but can he get better just by staying on the island? They don't answer that question at this point. Uh, and then the daughter warns Hideo not to run around too much or he'll get sick. Uh, honestly, the amount that Hideo runs around in this film, I got sick. <laughs> I know you did as well because you kept... You, by the end of it, you do moan about it. You're like, dude, just stay... F- Put. So on the drive towards the clinic, um, everyone that they look at, all the ta- all the villagers, they seem to do this thing, which is quite common in Japanese horrors to like sort of set up an unease. They just sort of are almost motionless, just staring, like dead faced at them as they drive by. Um, yeah, not even making an attempt to hide it. No, and uh, Min- Minamida says it's not like Japan. Uh, it's yeah, it's not like Japan. This is Yade Island. So essentially separates the, the cultures there. Uh, and he says, I heard a big part of it is history. The people that came to Japan hundreds of years ago started gathering on this island. After the war, this was the American soldiers' burial ground. Uh, so we get the impression that there is some spooky shit here because like in America, they always have the, you know, well, they used to certainly in the 70s and 80s for horrors. It was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Well, Basically, the Japanese are doing that, but an ancient American burial ground. <laughs> yeah. How does it feel, Americans? <laughs> yeah, Not nice, is it? Uh, Hideo finds a woman selling food at one of these sideways 
marketplaces, dirty looking marketplace. Uh, but the buckets of food, quote unquote, they're selling is like a few dirty bugs at the bottom of a bucket that look like dead roaches. Um, so they go to their new home and it turns out their new home is the one from the intro. Yes. With that, the dog lives. Yep. Yep. Uh, but it can't be. I've just realised that. Why not? Because she runs into another home in a little while, which has the dog lives on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her house isn't that one. Oh, okay. The, the guy with the hoodie on. He's the one with the... his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. So, yeah, you're right. You're right. So she goes... Her house is where someone who was investigating it lived. Yes. Uh... The water comes out when she turns the tap and it starts off being red and then turns clear, which is a nice cool little hint at the red water you mentioned. Um, Yuki suggests uh, buying new furniture, but the father rejects the idea, saying, we're not staying for long anyway, which gives you the impression that this he's expecting this to be a short-term arrangement. Uh, and as she's cleaning the floor, she sees some weird centipede, which is what I mentioned in the trivia, some weird little bug. Uh, sizes up to her and jumps at her just to scare her, then scuttles away. When she follows it, she finds a bloodstain on the wall. Uh, now, that bloodstain, I don't recall where that's from, because we don't see the guy in the hoodie bleed. No, and um, I don't think we see what it is in this situation. No, she just finds blood. I suppose that's just the creep factor, isn't it? Find the bloodstains on, on the, the carpet. carpet. Ah. The dog starts barking at a neighbour arriving, and then the neighbour... Um, like basically raises a, basically in the west we say like oh you know being a good neighbour borrow sugar or something like that There, she holds something up that looks like a drink glass of some kind like a like a, a container for liquids more than yeah. anything but I don't know what that is I'm guessing it's a traditional thing you share in Japan Maybe, yeah. but it's probably their version of sugar it could even be a Japanese sugar pot for all I bloody know um, <laughs> but yeah it just it basically gives that impression she's coming around to be the good neighbour. The neighbour warns her while she's doing the washing up that relationships between people on the island are very good. And then warns her not to go out at night, especially to the metal, especially to the metal tower in the forest as the wild beasts make it very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to go out if the siren sounds. I think this is like a tried and true... Uh, <coughs> try and true thing they've been doing horror films for years and you just know that they're always going to ignore it you know whatever you do don't go to old man Jenkins's house <laughs> and stuff like that it's it's crazy Ralph from the first three Friday the 13th films yeah you're doomed if you stay here all doomed it's doomed. got a death curse <laughs> no one listens to crazy Ralph no one ever listens to crazy Ralph and then Jason's had enough of his shit and kills him oh in the third one or in every film. Do you know what? I can't remember if he kills him in the second one, actually. How's he in the third, then? He might not be. I might be misremembering. I would love it if Crazy Ralph dies in every film and he comes back the same as Jason to warn people. Yeah. That would be a cool little thing. He literally, the first one, he's on a bicycle. and he what, literally, Crazy Ralph? Yeah. He's got he, square wheels. And he literally <laughs> rides the bicycle all the way out to Camp Crystal Lake from the main town. Right. Just to get off and go, it's got a death curse. You're doomed if you stay here. I mean, that is that is dedication to being the crazy guy. And they uh, they yell some abuse at him, and he just gets back on his bike and cycles I mean, away. is he crazy Ralph when he's yeah, right? he sounds like he's sensible Ralph. Yeah, sensible Ralph. No sh- Ralph who knows shit. She's told it's a folklore, and it's just an islander rule. Then we get a bit with the dad who states how wonderful it is there. He's talking to someone, I think, on the phone. 
Uh, but he and there's a mention of some sort of draft and there's pictures of maps. Now, I didn't know if he was a map maker or what he was doing. Looking at the tr like some of the base storyline, it appears he's actually a writer. Yeah. So maybe that's clearer in the video game. It's not actually that clear in the film as to what the fuck he is. Um, he's kind of they don't they don't again they don't even give him a first name. So even though he's one of the, there's really only four main characters. Yeah, which exactly. is Hid, uh, Hideo, Yuki, Minamida, and Mister Amano, which is the dad. Uh, that's it. Like there are other ancillary characters like the neighbor. There's a police officer in a bit, but they're not mains. They don't really have a lot of lines and things like that to do. Uh, the dad, so the dad is sort of talking to someone on the phone about how wonderful it is there. Um, and then we cut to see Hideo having a checkup with Minamida at the hospital. Now, what I quite like about this, and you mentioned this towards the end as well, the hospital is run down like it's an old, it's just some old building. A large mm. old building, but an old building nonetheless. Yeah, I really like the buildings in this film. Yeah, because it it looks like an island that has no funding given to it. And... I mean, they, they, they'd get it spot on. Yeah, every, every service they've got is crumbling. Yeah. Uh, I have to wonder if this is just actual Japanese architecture. They're like, they've literally just got these abandoned buildings. Yeah. And we're like, cool, we'll use both of them. Yeah, yeah. It's Wherever they are, because of the types of leaves and stuff they've got, um, I don't think there's many sets. Uh, there's probably a few. Uh, certainly the the home that they stay in, I think, is mostly a set from the inside. But yes. Um, as, but I mean, that's the only reason I think that is because of one of the horror sequences later and the lighting. It would be impossible to do that if it was a, you were in a real location. But with the like, the exteriors are all real. I like, you know, you watch some films and you're like, yeah, all right, I can see that some of these plants are plastic. I can see, and this is clearly a a, a very low budget production. So, like, because when you can tell by the visual effects when they call them in. Thankfully, quite few. But when they call them in, you can tell. Oh, yeah. I think they must have had a location in mind that they filmed all these in. Uh, yeah, definitely that. Especially the big hall that they end up going yeah, to. Yeah, there's no way that they must have that. just been. They just found that. Yeah, that that, that looks like an abandoned community centre or a nightclub or yeah, something like that. I think it might be a night like an eighties, early eighties nightclub. Yeah. Just because of the decor in the basement section, the floor patterns and the the decor of the uh, what would be the bar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it. There's there's a few bits like that, but they're all aged. Anyway. Uh, Hideo passes this checkup, and Yuki asks him to wait outside while she chats to the doctor. Mm -hmm. um, and she asks if Hideo will ever recover. Minamida says, "Do not worry. This island has its own timing, but we're still not told what the condition is." No. Um, in fact, we never get told what the condition no. is because deliberately vague. Yeah. Um, so the father is talking to the townsfolk about the wind. There is a sound of wind, uh, and it's revealed that it comes from around the metal tower. And nobody goes there because it's too dangerous. So that's a bit of repetition. It would be nice if there was a little bit less repetition in this. It's not as bad as something like Corpse Party was. Um, but there is a bit of repetition. It's unnecessary. Um, he uses his camera to zoom in on all, all the surroundings to have a look around. And finds a little girl dressed in red. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a jump scare here. Which yeah, where she suddenly, boom, right yeah, up in Yeah, this was an American film. We definitely would have done. Yeah. Fair play, the Japanese resisted the urge. Yeah, it just left it a bit mysterious. Um, and then we got back to the market. Yuki is trying to find Hideo, who again has gone missing. 
uh, and she's made her way back to the market that had all the, the roaches in the buckets. But there's no one there. It's fully abandoned. Um, and while she's there, we get to the first of several sequences we'll get throughout the film, which go first person. Uh, and the first person in this goes is this very bold visual red and black. Mm. Um, yeah, which is the... Um... It seems to be the point of view from the unseen force, doesn't it? Yeah, whatever the villainous unseen force is. Um, and we hear pervy breathing. It sounds pervy to me. <sighs> yeah, most, for the most part. They, they go to the well one too many times, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Showing this once or twice would have been better than the number of times they do it, because by that time we know what it is. Um, so she change, chases Hideo into an abandoned house, and in this house is where we see the words dog and live put on the wall in either the red paint or blood, whatever it yep. is. I assume it's blood, but it's still red after 30 years. So I'm guessing it must be red paint because blood goes to black, doesn't it? After a certain amount of time because it oxidizes. Yeah, it doesn't red paint fade. Yeah, either way, it's not. So, yeah, but it, I suppose if the door was closed the whole time, the sun wouldn't have bleached it out. No, but that guy's been living there, hasn't he? Yeah, but the sun doesn't necessarily wouldn't have necessarily gotten in. She finds the uh, the guy at the beginning who freaked out. We forgot to mention that he had a diary a red that he di- ripped in two. Yes. And in twain. Finds, Use the in term twain. in twain. Ripped in twain. <laughs> and uh, he finds, she finds, sorry, half of it. Yes. A little red journal. And it says on the front, 1976 interview diary. And it records the writer's experiences with the siren. Uh, she finds a page on its meaning. So it says, Fisherman's Tale, fear watches over the islanders. The siren comes from the metal tower. August 2nd, late night, in the middle of a blackout after the third siren, the island started to change. Uh, then she's caught by the occupant, the current occupant of the building, who looks like a tramp, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and he wildly tells her not to go out during the siren and freaks her out. She runs away. She eventually finds Hideo talking to the girl in red that Amano had seen previously. Yeah. Um, then they see the townsfolk. Oh, yeah. She, so she carries Hideo away. And when she's taking Hideo away, she finds this community center, the one we were just talking about a second ago. And when she peers around the door, there's like a shrine along one, like a long shrine along one wall. And the townsfolk are doing this weird dance chanting like ritual, ritual thing. thing. Yeah. Um, and they all look a bit off their nut. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe we were heading for a, uh, a Wicker Man sort of situation. Yeah, it definitely felt like it had a cult theme coming up at this point. Yeah. So... Lord Sadler. Sadler, go ahead, Lord. <laughs> so the father decides that night he's going to go out to take some night photos. Yeah, idiot. Yeah, uh, it's the first thing you're told, don't go out at night. Um, though, I will say... He's probably not been told not to go out at night. But still, you just don't do it, do you? It's a bit you weird on your in... first night. Yeah, you don't go out at night on a strange island in weather like that. Well, it, was, it wasn't that in bad. The woods. Was it? It, was, it was just windy. Still don't do it. It is a bit weird. He doesn't. He barely even has a torch with him. Yeah, he's a bit silly. He doesn't have like he's going out to take night photos. Fair enough, but you would take something to see where you're going a bit more. Uh, so that is a bit silly. Uh, Yuki warns him away from the tower and just says that, uh, you know, because the tower is dangerous and he just assures her he'll be back by morning. Um, so is this where he then is off in the woods now and does his night vision thing? 
Uh, or does something else happen first? So he suggests that he'll be back by morning. Uh, what's that thing from Scream? Don't say you'll be back. <laughs> Never say you'll be right back. She won't be back. You'll be fucking dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's late at night. Uh, we haven't seen what happens to Amano just yet. Yuki tries to give her a phone, a call on her mobile phone, uh, but her mobile phone has no signal all of a sudden. And then when she looks up, she sees the neighbour just staring at her through the window. This was a good bit. I like this bit. Yeah, and then suddenly the lights blow out. She's just staring at her really creepy like, yeah, I'm going to get you. She's been perving on her. Yeah. But just, maybe she's the one with the red and black vision. Uh, yeah, the dog begins barking. And she suddenly gets a phone call from a what's a it seems to be a male voice mm-hmm. saying, "Come over here." She asks, "Who is this?" And he says, "We are your surroundings." If the siren sounds, and then uh, the siren begins to sound, which is the first time we hear the siren, uh, like at least for her, with her on the island, should I say? Yuki then notices that Hideo has left the house. While the and as she, when she goes out to try and look for him, the dog is barking at the bushes, and from the, where the dog is barking, we see perv, Pervo vision again. Yeah, with the, the red and the black, crimson red. Yeah, uh, the neighbor keeps staring. From now, she's back in her own garden, staring at her. Um, and Hideo is pointing silently at the metal tower. Hideo doesn't really have many lines in this film. He's mostly no. silent. There's, I think, he's got a couple, but not many. That's probably for the best. It, it, yeah, well, he's annoying enough as he is. So she takes him inside, uh, and then we cut to Amano walking around, doing his, as you say, his night vision stuff. Yeah, using he decides his camera. to put the camera in night vision because his torch isn't working. Yeah, like he wouldn't have taken spare batteries, but, you know, mm. there you go. And we don't see the night vision at first. No. We just see him wandering into the darkness. Now, something I noticed on a second viewing is that actually what gets him to walk into this pitch black section of the forest is actually there's like what looks like almost like two eyes. There's like two little yellow lights that look at him and then disappear suddenly. So I think that's why he goes down there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, at the same time, or moon or walks off down this dark area with absolutely zero vision. uh, And we hear him scream. Yeah. And we hear like the swing of like a, a blade of some kind or an ax. Something going, uh, the next morning, uh, Yuki realizes that her dad has not returned home and is searching for her dad with Minamida, the doctor. She reported Amano's disappearance but was told by the villagers it isn't serious, he'll be back soon. Yuki believes the islanders aren't to be trusted and reckons his disappearance is because he was out when the siren rang. It's the first time she's mentioned the siren to Minamida. Minamida seems a bit confused at the siren and then for some reason just turns into bats. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't get that. Yeah. So he becomes a bunch of bats uh, as she screams, closes her eyes. And when she opens her eyes again, she's where she was when she closed her eyes. He's gone. He's gone. He's disappeared. He's a Dracula. See you after the break. So while she's looking around for Minamida... We see the Storco vision again, and uh, she runs... Overused slightly, do you think? I think so. I think it needed to be, like, every now and then, a glimpse, but we... Like a couple of things in this, I think they over they overcook it a bit. Mm. Um, it is a cool shot. We don't need that much of it. 
So she runs back to town and into the building where the ceremony took place. There's no one in there now. Locked Actually, the door yeah, behind with the, her. With the ending now, it doesn't make sense either. What, the, the, the stalker vision? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. It is weird. We'll get to that. But yeah, there's certain parts of this where the ending makes certain parts make more sense and makes other parts make less sense. Yeah. Um, so she runs back into town and into the building of the ceremony. The shrine has the... Uh, she locks the door behind her, then looks at the shrine... There's a stone figure of someone screaming a la Home Alone. <laughs> They've got yeah. their hands across their feet. I was going to say Mr. Wilson. That's Dennis. Um, that's a- <laughs> They do a parody of Home Alone in Always Sunny in Philadelphia now. Oh, they do it in so many Charlie things. Charlie gets left in the base, uh, left in the <laughs> bar on his own. Right. While the, the rest of the gang all go to watch the World, not the World Cup. What's it called in America? The Super Bowl. Right. Um, because it, it's the year Philly actually won it for real. Right. And um, it's do it, they're doing that thing where... Uh, I don't know if you know, but sports. Some sports fans have like superstitious rituals they do that they believe help the team win. Yeah. So one of his is like he only drinks and eats green things because the color of that team is green and stuff like that. Right. Anyway, the point is the bit where he's they do the whole I made my friends disappear with Charlie blah blah blah, and then there's a bit where he does the bit where he puts the aftershave on and goes ah. Why am I screaming? That doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which is same with Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. It's like unless you had a cut, like if he'd accidentally cut himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't. Yeah. What I find funny is that that's became <laughs> it's the iconic, isn't it? Well, so that's the other thing as well. It became the iconic shot of Home Alone. It was on the post. It was on everything else. Had literally nothing to do with danger or the plot. It was just kid put on cologne and it burnt a bit. That was it. That's the only actual reference to that face. Uh, anyway, so this Home Alone statue, uh, Macaulay Colton, Culkin, uh, Colt. It says Reviver on yeah, it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's got Reviver written on it. I'm a Reviver. That never I'm comes gone. up either. No. Nothing's reviving, which, you know, I thought it would be like the birth of a Satan or a demon or something. No, yeah. That never comes back up. A Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and underneath is a wooden plaque that has mostly Japanese dialogue, but with two English words dog and live um she reads it out so we actually get the translation look at the mirror dog is god uh live it's she says life is evil but it actually should be live is evil because of what it turns out to be later Un- evil. evil shall i do it as uh shall i do it as skeletor and the masters of the universe Look at the mirror. Dog is God. Live is evil. Unchanger. Immortality through life. Dog lies. Some mornings you just don't feel very evil, but you get out of bed and you destroy souls because that's your job. <laughs> that is from the excellent animated series God, the Devil and Bob, there which only go. did one season and then was cancelled by right-wing religious nutbags. Nice, nice. So in the basement, she sees uh, a man's <coughs> body slumped in a chair and she recognises... It's her dad, isn't it? Yeah, she recognises it's her dad and then the chair spins round and his corpse crumples onto the yeah. floor. Don't you love it? It's, it's such a horror movie trope, but we love it. But there's a fucking... And they, in, even in games, they do this in at least three different Resident Evil games I can think of, mm. where there's a dead body slumped in a chair, possibly been there for hours, but just as you walk in, the chair will automatically rotate on its own. <laughs> so you get the dramatic effect of this dead body swinging around. Yep, absolutely that. Um, 
Suddenly, Minamida grabs her when she's running away from the building out in the forest. Hey, you're again. not bats anymore. He's not bats anymore. Imagine if he grabbed her and just went, I'm Batman. I am Batman. It's morphin' time! Batman! <laughs> Can you imagine if they did an MCU Power Rangers? Mm. Black Ranger! Yellow that, Ranger! That'd be Black Panther, wouldn't it? So, she, Minamida, and the, a police officer enter the shrine. And uh, they go down to the basement... And the body is missing. Making her look like a liar sometimes. She, she looked like a fool. Uh, returning home. I put that in quotation marks because at this point, she's not really feeling like it's a safe home, does it? Yuki finds Amano tuning a radio. He's in silence. I was going to say tuning a radio in silence, but the, the radio is not silence. He is silent. No, no, he's not tuning a radio. He's listening to his dictaphone. Oh, is he? Mm. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I thought uh, he was watching TV with the remote no. in his hand, but I was like, but the TV's not on. No, it's his, it? it's his Olympus dictaphone. Ah. Um, and he's got a wound on his leg that's bleeding quite bad. Yep, he's got and, a smash in his glasses. Uh, literally, like a pebble's gone through the glass or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's taken a bash. Um, and the dog is now starting to bark at him. Yeah, Ooh, there's yeah. something wrong with him. Y- yes. Uh, so flashback to Hideo in the ambulance. So at this yep, point, we black get... Black and white with the red lighting. Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah, they desaturate all the colours to, to black and white, except for red, which means that you get this kind of, not quite Sin City, but a Sin City-esque effect, okay. which really makes the flashback look like a flashback, but not bland. How about backflash? Backflash. I prefer Mr. Muscle. Or Mr. Sheen. How about a backdraft? Well, that no, that would be... It's a um, film. Yeah, it's a very different film. John yes. No, it's not John Travolta. Is it not John Travolta no, in backdraft? It, no, it's the guy... It's um, John Carpenter's favourite book, boy. Uh, Kurt Russell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but isn't John Travolta in it as well? I only remember Kurt Russell. I might be wrong. I've never seen it, so... I always thought backdraft was one of those... You know when you can light your own farts on fire? If you get a backdraft, it blows <laughs> oh, back up your bum. You, what, you explode? Yeah. You just turn into a huge... Oh. <laughs> Oh, I just had a really gory thought. You suck it back in and turn into a human hot air balloon. Uh, the, just human, the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> my, my knives are hands. My hands are knives, sorry. Um, I, I don't want to have knife hands. Please help me. So she wakes up from this nightmare and tells Hideo that she'll always protect him. And then the next morning, she finds that the dog is missing. Yeah. Um, What's his name? Osana. Amano. Um, no, no, no. Oh, the Osnan. Osnan, that's it. It's a weird name for a dog. Yeah. But maybe it's not maybe weird not in, in Japan. Japan. Yeah. It might be just common as fucking Rover in yeah, Japan. Yeah, they're, they're probably sitting there going, hey, Rover, what a stupid name. Yeah, We're like, Osnan? Name. What the fuck is an Osnan? <laughs> it probably is just cultural differences. But either way, uh, the dog is missing. And then as she's looking around, Amano just appears at the window, staring yeah. like one of the villagers. Into the distance. Yeah, and she asks if he's seen the dog. And he just goes, I don't know. He just goes, hell no. Hell no. Uh, oh, he's bringing the chair. My God. Uh, I don't know why. I want Amano to just beat the shit out of the girl. Oh, don't worry. We'll have, that. we'll have that soon. That does come soon. Yeah, it's true. Yuki, while she's out and about, finds Amano's camcorder in the ground and goes to the doctor to get him to watch it. And it shows his fall. Um, but she's insistent that Amano was attacked. And that the there it will be on the footage somewhere. Yeah, but there's no evidence. No, but she leaves the uh, tape with the doctor so that he can find the evidence by trawling through it. Like the doctor has nothing better to do with his day. 
Uh, to be fair, he doesn't seem to have any other patience this whole film. No. No. That's true enough. Um, but Yuki goes to Amano's room and finds that he's not there, but his PC is still on. Mm. So uh, he has a file on there called Yame Island. It's actually called Yamajima, which I believe must be Jap- uh, Yame Island in Japanese. Yeah. Because um, I suppose, yeah, letters for I- from Imo- Iwo Jima is... Uh, so yeah, Jima, Jima just must be an island. So Iwo Island, Iwo Jima. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so it's called uh, Yamijima. Uh, but I noted it's clearly a notepad file, but when she opens it up, it's a web page. <laughs> but the file on the desktop is just they've made a notepad file and named it Yamijima. HTML. Um, but yeah, it opens up a, a map. in a No, it's a Word document, sorry. It opens up. Because uh, I noticed at the top it says Microsoft Word. <laughs> uh, and it chronicles the events throughout the intro crawl. Um, now, some of this is stuff that we've already been told. Uh, in which case, we didn't need the intro crawl. We could have just waited for her to learn this. Yeah, it would, uh, you know, start with the creepy, because you didn't need it, actually. It would have been cool just to bang open with the um, with the typhoon in 1976. That would have been fine, actually. I agree. Um, so Minamida plays Amano's tape to see if he was attacked. And then while he's watching it, he gets, he he's reminded of something. He opens up a file he's got on, it, like a, a, a medical file which is the guy from 1976. And in there is the second half of the notebook yeah. that Yuki found. Um, and then it cuts back to Yuki uh, reading Amano's... Uh, they look like PowerPoint slides, um, but not quite. And then it's, it's... So we get this. A long time ago, during the 15th century, an epidemic disease was brought back from a foreign land. The infected were isolated on Yami Island. The frightening disease brought the people of Yame Island infinite disaster. One by one, the islanders fell and died. A very long time ago, there was an old saying, A mermaid's blood and flesh can give you an immortal life. The people captured the mermaid, and the mermaid was eaten clean. Uh, she finds info about a mermaid's tail, uh, and it mentions the word Cyrene. S-I-R-E-N-E, which I imagine is a misspelling of siren. Yeah. Um, it's misspelled in the subtitles, but to be fair on the subtitles, there is some mistakes in the subtitles. Like they, the Mary Celeste was called... Uh, Mary Salas. Mary Salas or something like that. But we hear when she reads the document, Yuki reads the document, she actually says Celeste. So she's right and the subtitles are wrong. But in this case, the subtitles are following what's written in English on the screen, which is Cyrene. Yeah. Um, Maybe there's Cyrene is a real word, but it's not the one that's been used throughout the rest of the movie. No. Um, so, yeah, just seems a bit odd. Menomida just misses out that something flies past the camera in Amano's video. Yeah, but you don't really get to see it, do you? No, no. So, it just is to, I think it's there to titillate you in having a suspicion. Yuki finds newspapers talking about the tower, and they say, Year 1976. With the exception of one survivor, the people of Yame Island vanished. And then when she opens the red notebook, it says, in the middle of a blackout, the third siren, the island has started to change. Now, so now we're putting together the fact that what's in the diary seems to have some connection to the events of 1976. Again, there is a bit of repetition here. They could have chopped this down a bit because it's not needed or just chop out the intro. Either way, happy with that. I would have chopped out the intro. Then in this Word document, there is a movie file button. Click to play movie, which Word documents can't do, I don't think. But either way, <laughs> certainly not in 2006 when this was made or released. 
she opens the movie file and it's of the guy from the start taken by the workers. So in the intro, when they're talking to the crazy drooling man, there is a guy with a camcorder yeah. recording him. Now that's the other part as well. That's a bit odd because they wouldn't have had portable camcorders that small in 1976. Ah. I just realized that now, but yeah. Anachronism. Yes. It would have been a cinema camera, like a film camera, because there wasn't, there wasn't tapes that small, or it would have been a bulky bitch if it was Even tape. in Japan? Bear in mind, they've always been more advanced with technology. They have, but bear in mind Not that... Not that advanced. No, and we're talking about cinema technology as well. Like, it, that's generally... Like, Panasonic do like you know a lot of the big cinema cameras panasonic are japanese you know if there was small pocket versions of these in 1976 and again like i i don't know i'd have to look it up but i'm fairly certain there are no tiny pocket camcorders no. in 1976 but the one i had in the 90s was bulky as shit camera i had in 1976 had a betamax attached to it yeah i mean they would they did exist in 1976 very early versions but they were bulky. They were not, not the like not the tiny pocket camcorders. No, that no, no. I remember my dad had a big bulky camcorder in the nineties. So yep, I can imagine. Same. I can imagine how big they would have been in the seventies. Seventies, because they would have been whole big size tapes as well. They didn't go to the mini tapes until the nineties. Yeah, whole fucking VHS tape. Yep, it could have been worse though. It could have been a recorder that records on two CED or to get film reels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no. Do you, so you know what a CED is? CED. CD is a film format that is pressed onto a vinyl. Right. Uh, and there's but that's one of three different vinyl format video I players. I don't like it. No, I know. I don't like it either. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's interesting. Anyway, now I do say this as well. There's no new info in the video at all. Like the video we see is just basically another angle of what we saw in the intro. But we are then told that he committed suicide up shortly after that was recorded. That bit, again, it's bits where they could have tightened the information a little bit yeah. more. Find Because we, we didn't need to see that bit of video to go, oh, and he killed himself afterwards. You know, just tell us he killed himself. We know he is. The siren is shown, it, it's drawn in this thing as well. There's a drawing of the siren, like... In a red mermaid, cloak. And it's in this red cloak that's very reminiscent of the girl Hideo was talking to. Yeah, the one she keeps seeing around in a yep. boot. And Amano in a field with a, a random statue head. Yes, she finds Hideo is talking to the girl in the red robes outside in the middle of the night. Uh, and then she starts, we hear the siren start and Hideo collapses yep. and the girl starts to walk away. Yuki picks up uh, Hideo and t walks him to an empty shack and closes the door. And it turns out it's the same shack she ran into earlier with the homeless man in it. Yeah. That's a bad mistake. That's a big mistake. The, so the tramp from before appears in the hut. I'm not sure if he comes in through the front door. I don't think we see the door open. Um, and monstrous people start to surround the hut and peer in. Yeah, this is really cool. It's basically a zombie attack yeah. on the outside. And you can see loads of glimpses of them like peering in through little cracks. Yeah. This this is one of the most atmospheric bits in the film. Yeah. Uh, if, if there was more stuff like this, I'd be a lot happier. This is a really good sequence. Yeah. Uh, so they're all peering in. He, uh, he eventually tells her that uh, basically because they're going to break in eventually and kill her and and Hideo, that uh, basically he they need to stop the siren and run. And then he gets pulled aside by the zombies and gets eaten. Yeah. Yep. He gets chowed down. He gets chowed. Well, you don't actually see him get bitten to pieces. You see him get basically pulled out the window. Yeah. And, you know, it's not quite as gruesome as anything in. Um, 
Not like he's Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, where they, they pull his stubborn pieces. Yeah, which he deserves. Uh, <laughs> not as a person. They, I mean, as the character. <laughs> um, they don't do it when it, they don't do it. To, so that's a reference. Shaun of the Dead. That bit is a reference to Day of the Dead. Right. There's a character called Colonel something. I can't remember his name. Sanders. No, but he's like the he's the human villain of the film. Right. And eventually, all the zombies get they tear him to pieces. And as they're literally pulling his organs from his stomach cavity yeah. and chowing down on, he's just like not going down without a fight. He's just screaming at them, "Fucking choke on him, you sons of bitches! <laughs> choke on him!" <laughs> What a lovely guy. Um, I mean, if you're going to go out like a boss... Hey, someone's going to eat your intestines while you're still alive. I hope they fucking choke on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, returning home with Hideo, she tells him that they're going to go stay at the ship at the harbour and then leave in the morning. Yes. And is this where she discovers the secret room? Uh, yes. Ransacking Amano's room for cash, she finds her dog's bloodied collar. Now, this is something that doesn't come back up. We'll talk about this later, but actually... What happens to the dog, I don't know. Yeah. Based on what happens later. There never was a dog. Well, she finds the collar. But um, but then again, yeah, okay, we'll come back to it. Um, she also finds a file titled Photo Taken After the Islander's Disappearance. And it shows her house. And like, but back in 1976, and she compares the photos. Oh, it's the same house. Yeah. Uh, but there's, in one of the photos, the room she's staying in, there seems to be a concealed door. Yeah. And inside is a small shrine and lots of photos from 1976 of the missing islanders. And my God, my God, uh, they're the current islanders. And one of the photos of the islanders shows Minamida. Yeah, he was in on it all along, Austin. He was a ghost all along. So the siren goes off again. Hideo runs off again, the little shit. Uh, and... She finds him in a cupboard. Yep, she finds him in a cupboard, and as he hugs her, She's having scolding him. Yep, uh, a zombie guy starts to stumble in you with hear a the shovel. Shovel scrape on the floor. Yeah, which is weirdly uh, reminiscent of when we watched Corpse Party, when you had the janitor with the yeah, and, sledgehammer. And I can't believe we shot. I can't believe we went back to this. Paul Anderson's first Resident Evil movie. When the zombies first get released, the first you hear of them is the one dragging yes. the axe on the floor. Yeah. It's like, zzz, I can't do it. But you know the sound of an axe dragging on oh, the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it seems to be a common so this trope. this is but... Amin, uh, what's his name? Amino? Amino. Amino. Said, it's Amino. Amino. Ray stalks... Romano. Yeah, yeah. Um, he stalks them through this is the, the house. This is the other really good bit in the film. Yeah. Uh, if the film had more stuff like this, I'd be a lot happier. Yeah. Um, this, this is a really good sequence where this zombie is trying to kill them. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's the one that proves to me that this interior was a set. Because mm. um, while it, like, it does, it's not that it looks dodgy. No, but he's smashing the fuck out of it. He's smashing the fuck out of it. And also the lighting from outside yeah. would be very... like. Bear in mind they're shooting with a child would be impossible to film during the day. Uh, yeah. So, and I think that I'm fairly certain Japan still has child labour laws, so they probably wouldn't be able to shoot at night with the child, yeah. except on rare occasions. So, which would mean it'd have to be a set. Um, but I'll tell you what, they do a bang up job of it. The lighting, you get this like sharp, bright blue lighting flashing from outside, almost strobing, uh, and it it has that music, eighties music video effect. Uh, but it looks really cool. The camera moves in a really cool way in this sequence as well. Yeah. Where it almost feels 
if you take the if you count the camera as your point of view, mm. it almost feels like you're another survivor in this room. Yeah, and you're because st- you're hiding along with Yuki. Yeah, because the moves aren't very. They're not super smooth moves. No. Like when she like runs to a corner and peers round it, it peers round like a person would. Yeah. Instead of gliding like it's on a track like it's on a track or Yeah, anything. it's like someone has peered with her yeah. on that. Yeah, it looks it's and I really do like this sequence. This sequence looks great. In fact, um, so this I could only get this in standard def. Um, I don't think it's had a Blu-ray or high def release anywhere. Um, but I would love to see how this looks with a like a a high definition transfer. You're in standard def. Well, no, it's not because I'm being like wanky about no, anything. No. It's because the colours look really cool and I think they'd pop a lot more in HD. I'm just saying you're in standard def. I, uh, yes, yes, why not? Um, he stalks them through the house like Jack Baker, but 10 years before Jack Baker existed. Yeah. Um, and then the siren sounds again as he wrecks the house and finds her by ringing her phone because she disappears throughout the house. He can't find her. Then he rings her mobile phone. Yeah, find her in the house, and we see his eyes at that point, and they're bleeding. Yes, these aren't dumb zombies. No, which explains the crimson vision that they have. Yeah, yeah, they've all got looking... eyes full of blood. Yeah, because their their eyes as well, like the whites of their eyes, have gone like bloodied red, haven't they? They've been stained by the blood. Yeah. Um. So they flee the house, and there is one moment in this which is absolute bang on stupid, and has no. There is no. There is no good reason for this to be here, like because it makes no sense from her perspective as a person. But she finds she sees a police officer in the middle of the street. The police officer from earlier is clearly stumbling like a yeah, zombie. He's stumbling. His body's all broken up, and she's like, "Oh, officer, officer, I need help." And you're like, "Really, really?" Yeah. Like one of the photos of the 1976 missing people she saw was, was the police officer. Yeah. I do appreciate the fact though that she just fucking shoulder barges him to knock oh, him yeah, down. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he just he's firing into the air like it's point break. Yeah. Ah! Um yeah. It's okay Andy, it's just bolognese. That's a quote from Hot Fuzz, sorry. Uh which also references point break. So they reach the shore like where the, the harbor where the boat's supposed to be, but the boat is missing. So she decides that the only thing she can do to try and save her boy, uh, her boy, her brother, but it might as well be a boy, um, is to go for the tower and end the siren. Yes. So the neighbor is, uh, the neighbor finds her. She drops, she accidentally falls down a hole. Yep. She's zombified now. Yep. And the neighbor is zombified. Where are you? And they start pitch shifting her voice. So it has this sort of unnatural, sort of deeper quality to it. Uh, we're all like, like something speaking through her. A tube? No, through her. Oh, through her. Right. Sorry. <laughs> it said through her. And like then a daemon. Daemon. Um, like Matt Damon. <laughs> she tricks the neighbor into letting them escape by um, setting a timer on her phone to a ring an alarm. And Which is a totally it. good, cool way to yep. escape. But we don't need the shot. Where it's because it's it's just this is like a Looney Tunes shot. This is kind of, of where the film starts to fall down quite yeah. a bit, isn't it? It's in front of the zombie that's looking for them, and you literally see them within inches of this zombie <laughs> just fucking Pink Panther sneak their way yeah. out. I was gonna say it's like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, like, might as well be playing the Pink Panther as well. Da 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 it's cartoonish the stupidity with the like basically the minute she leaves the house with Amano, the film starts to fall apart because she does the thing with the police officer which makes zero sense for her 
And then, like, this bit with the neighbour isn't bad per se, but as you say, that, like, the sneaking past like it's a cartoon is ridiculous. Yeah. And so they eventually reach the tower. She ties Hideo to herself and then climbs so she can climb the ladder with him. And the hobo that saved them at her in the flat has come back and he's now a, a monster zombie demon thing. Yeah. And he's trying to pull her down off the tower. And eventually she kicks him off and he hits the ground with a satisfying thud. Yep. This isn't brought up again, but technically we'll get to it because I think there's a, a question about this guy and his fate when we find out the twist at the end. Um, from atop the tower, she can see the sky and the sea have gone red. Yep. And all the islanders are now swarming at the base of the tower and they're all zombies. They've all got like... and the way yeah, they do Which the is zo- a cool image. Yeah, yeah. Except the zombies in this... The, the, the makeup is hit and miss because uh, they basically they've put on white face paint. Some of them they've not done past the neck. You can see that their skin is normal underneath the chin, uh, but they've basically plastered white or pale blue face paint on them and then done blood running down the eyes. And that's about it. Um, some of them have like mottled faces when you get close ups, but some of them yeah. don't. It depends on whether or not they actually depends on if the budget ran out that day. Basically, yeah, or they ran out of time with the one makeup artist they had. Um, So, yeah, they're swarming at the base of the tower, and she gets Hideo to grab a tower pylon while she beats the crap out of the siren with a pole she's ripped off the thing itself. She she keeps on whacking it until it smashes and hits the floor, breaks into pieces. It's gone. And yet, when she turns around, the red sky is still there, and the siren continues to play. And, do, 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 do. and then all of a sudden we see Minamida as a human, not as a zombie. Yeah, he's normal. Yep. On the, like he's holding onto the ladder, shouting at her, and it's like it's inaudible. We can't hear what he's saying. She can't hear what he's saying. They're shouting at each other, but you can't really hear it. And eventually, the siren deeps down enough that you can hear what he says. And he says, "There is no siren. It's all in your mind. Only you can hear the siren." He then offers his hand to help, but she doesn't trust him. And tells Hideo to keep away from Minamida. In which case Minamida reveals Hideo is not here anymore. Hideo died a long time ago. And then we get like this rewind flashback of sequences. Yeah. Where she was talking and... To herself. Yeah. yeah. It, Hideo was never there. Um, and I'm cheated only by one thing in this. Well, they show the bit at the beginning where they first arrived at the yeah. island. And we had that bit. And I wrote... The thing is I wrote it down and I'm glad I did. Where he says, the child is better than expected. And then Amano says, but can he get better just by staying on the island? But we see the same events again. But this time, they change the he to she. So, oh, she seems better than expected. And you're like, no, that's cheating. That's cheating. Now, that could be a translation error with the subtitles, perhaps. But I get the impression it's not. I think it's just that they cheated. Yeah. Well, they just cheated the ending. Well, oh, you thought it was... I was like, yeah, that would work. I understand she's an unreliable narrator. But, but that, he isn't. Yeah, and the thing is, that piece of... Vi- like, that sequence we saw with Amano and him was without her in that conversation. So that should not have been yeah. from her POV. Because no. she was busy fucking about with Hideo. No, which is what I'm saying about all the Crimson Vision. Yeah. It, if there are no zombies, then there shouldn't be Crimson Vision. Yeah, unless it's that's just, not from her point of view. Unless it's just some one blood-eyed perv running around the island, but that doesn't come back up again. Whacking it. Yeah. <sighs> just jacking it. Minamida tries to save her, but she throws her bag off the tower, 
and we get this slow motion bit of photos of Hideo flopping and falling into the crowd of zombies. Now, this is where the jump between where we've now found out she's just crazy starts to get into this weird bit where they haven't yet figured out where they're going to cut from yeah. one storyline to another yeah. because Hideo's disappeared now because he never he was never there. He's you know, we've had the flashback. She's realized Hideo was never there. They stretch this out way too long this end bit as well. Um, but while she's hanging onto the tower about to drop herself off, the bag gets thrown off and there's still zombies at the bottom. Yeah. It's like, so are the zombies real or are the zombies not real? Um, it doesn't make sense. At this point, they should have cut the zombies and just had a crowd of people like worried about her. Yeah. Be well, like, come down. Yeah, come what's down. going on? Um, but also, if there is no zombies, the hobo she kicked off the tower, did she actually just kill a guy? Mm. Or did he not exist? Like, yeah. we don't see... Enough. We don't get an answer to that. Um, no, we don't, do we? No, that's that's a bit of a plot hole. Yuki climbs onto the outer arm of the tower, and that's when she sees Minamida in his demon form again. Going, come with me. Come hold my hand. Now, the way he's acting is a bit comical for me. Yeah. But the makeup doesn't hold Waving up at this back point. back and forth. Yeah. yeah, and he's just sort of wobbling, like, hey, baby. He looks more drunk than he does, as a zo- than he does zombie. Um... Yeah, that didn't work. And instead of going, trying to trust him, she throws herself from the top of this pylon. Like, bear in mind, this is a, like, what, must be a five-story tall electrical pylon? At least. At least. And she throws herself off of it backwards. And we, she falls down. We get some beautiful shots of the fall, actually. Yeah. And while she's up there, to be fair, this whole sequence, I really appreciate the lighting in. Because there's flashes from blue and red lighting. You have blue of the lightning and the red lighting of the sky. And it, you get this beautiful, almost cyberpunky clash of the two tones. I love it. Yeah. And I'd yeah, love to really see good. this in HD so I get a lot more of that colour pop. That's what I want. I want more of the colour. Um, but yeah, she throws herself off. We get this really beautiful shot of her falling down from the side with the red sky behind her. And she's in silhouette. And then it cuts to the next day, assumedly, or some other time later, where it's daytime in the hospital. Yuki is recovering in the bed. Yeah, like every bone in her body would be broken. Yeah, yeah, because she lands on concrete. We've seen it because when yeah. she kicked the hobo down, and when we've looked at the crowd of zombies, yeah. Why it's are we concrete. Worried about the hobo being dead. If she survived, he probably did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Probably got up and ran a triathlon that morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and the thing is, she's not. She's not unharmed, Jamie. She's got like a scuff knuckle. On knuckles she's, got, on her cheek. she's got a cut on her cheek. Oh, oh, she, she fell backwards off the tower. Oh. But, and she, but somehow her knuckles and her cheek both her got Her fucking the, head would be jelly. It would, she would have cracked something really like bad. Like an egg. Like, she'd be Humpty Dumpty. She would be Humpty Dumpty. Fell off a pylon. Um, but yeah, so she's recovering in the bed, lying on her side, you know, because she's had a bit of headache probably. Uh, and 26 years prior... We learned that 26 years prior, there was a guy who could hear the siren as well. And then he started murdering the villagers. After he had the fourth siren. Well, that's what we find out in a minute. So the murdering of the islanders caused the disappearances. The islanders tell those who are psychologically deranged enough that they can hear the siren not to go outside. That suggests that there is still a supernatural element to this. Because all the crazy people hear the same siren. Yeah. It's a sheer delusion. But also, like, so she's she's gone crazy enough that she's still seeing Hideo, who's long dead. And 
part of the treatment for this is to send her to an island where all the people who are deranged hear a siren that makes them murder people. Yeah. That's a good treatment. Logic. Brilliant treatment. Well done. Set up your fucking doctoring treatment center somewhere else, mate. Like, don't put it somewhere where there's a siren. Like, she didn't seem to be murdering people on Japan, mainland Japan. Why yeah. send her to the island of murder? It's weird. Uh, but anyway, Amana asks us if she'll recover. And Minamida says whether she sees reality or her reality is up to her. Uh, and then the final piece of this is Minamida finds the ripped diary that Yuki found. As she and she wakes up in the bed hearing the siren again. That's the fourth siren. And as he puts the halves together, he realizes that the bit she's read is, you know, hearing the first siren, the second siren, and the third siren. The second part of the book, when you put it all together, states the fourth siren sounded, I must kill them all. Yeah. Now, when we watched it through this time, I did count. This is the fourth siren she hears. Nice. Uh, canonically, so that does count. Uh, and then in this point, we get a lovely shot with the camera moves, and you see her in a mirror reflected behind him. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And then uh, she pulls out a knife and rushes him. Now, this could have been edited a bit better. I think she should have pulled a knife and a bigger knife from the position from the shot with the moving track arm and the yeah. in, reflected in the mirror. They, they do a couple of extra in shots. And one of the other shots they do is they have this wonderful white neck curtain billowing by the window. Yeah. Um, but they don't do anything with that. She should have, and then they cut back to her pulling the knife in a more of a close up. Yeah, they should have had her pull the knife and a bigger knife in the distant shot with the tracking arm. Then cut to the window, like the white uh, window, like curtains, and have blood splat up them. Yeah. You know, it's a bit standard and generic, but you know what? It fucking would have worked. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, that would have been perfect. Uh, and that's it. It then cuts to credits, and that's the end of the movie. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. Now, I don't think there's any worse lines in this, per se. Again, it's always more difficult in foreign, foreign language, language films. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, as far as script is concerned, like dialogue, this is mostly fine. There's a couple of bits I don't like where it does. it's a bit janky, like the changing of the dialogue between the beginning and the end. But they're not. it's not like worse line material where it's like, you know talking about spillage yeah it's not on that level um so it, so we come down to recommendations jamie uh you've seen this film would you recommend it oh oh my god he's a zombie my god, my um, god. i want to yep because it's got good elements in it it it's it's not scary at all it should be this should be scary, or at least tense. And I'm not going to lie, that twist at the end just pissed me off. Yeah. Like, I really like the bit where she's in the house and the dad's gone crazy and he's got the spade. That's brilliant. That level of tension is what should have been throughout the film. Yep. I would probably... I'm going to be nice. I'm going to recommend it, half recommend it, okay. to horror fans. Because I think... Hor th this is certainly not the worst thing a horror fan will have watched. No. Horror fans watch all sorts. We've been to Horror On Sea. You watch anything, man. Yeah. Because uh, they, just, they just love the content. They love the genre so much. You yeah. could certainly do a lot worse than Forbidden Siren. So, yeah. Give it a shot. Um, I'm going to recommend it, actually. Um, it's not the best horror film. It's not on par with Silent Hill, which is probably the closest series it has in common. But Silent Hill is more, the first film is more successful at achieving its horror aims than this. This tries to stay purely in the psychological, um, which 
is an advantage in some scenes and then a disadvantage in others. Like the the benefit of the first Silent Hill film was that the monsters were quite cool, and that's something that's great about Silent Hill is the and the monsters are psychological mostly in Silent Hill games. In this, it's just zombies, but they're not scary zombies for the most part, other than in a couple of scenes. Um, but I think the cinematography is brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, I really like the cinematography. Yeah, there is an artistry to this film. It is. Compared to Corpse Party and Existence by a long mile, this is the most beautiful of the films we've seen. And I watched the other two in high def. I watched this in standard def. It's still the best looking out of the three. Um, I, re- I really want to see this in higher quality. It looks so cool. The colouring is perfect. I want to copy the colouring. And some of the ideas from this I will take. The way it utilises mirrors in some shots. Uh, the way it frames things in certain shots, the way it backlights windows in other shots, um, and the way it plays with certain horror tropes and themes in uh, some of its best sequences. The issue is, this this isn't me saying it's a, a phenomenal movie, because as we've discussed, there are some scenes that just don't work. Um, there's a lot. There's far too much of Yuki running through the forest randomly. There's far too much of Hideo just pissing off and pissing me off by running away all the time. And there's too much repetition of dialogue. We do not need the intro crawl because we get all that information later in the film anyway. So there are there, there is a certain amount of time wasting. And the twist at the end, which should be brilliant, A, is overplayed nowadays. And I think it was overplayed by 2006, to be honest. It wasn't... We weren't, we're not sitting here going, oh, 2006, it was unique. You know, it wasn't. But at least, it, I think it's it's been done worse in films. Yeah. Uh, but I just, yeah, the, the ending is disappointing to me. And it still, it leaves other holes open. Like, what is the zombie vision that we see throughout the film? Doesn't make any sense. What happened to the dog? Did Armano kill the dog? Or did he hide the dog collar because she killed the dog? We don't get an answer to that. Does she kill the hobo when she kicks him off the tower? And he, if he's not actually a zombie? And what was supposed to be happened to Alana? Just that he actually fell when he got injured at night? Yeah. It's just that he actually did trip and fall in the dark. Yeah. And then the question of that is, if that is the case, did he attack the house with the shovel? Or what's the actual answer to that? Or did she imagine all of that? We don't get an answer to that either. Um, the, the only bits that the rewind flashback sequence tells us is scenes where... We're not questioning that. It's ones where she's talking solely to Hideo, uh, Hideo, sorry, and going, I promise I'll look after you. And suddenly in this version of it, Hideo isn't in the room. But it doesn't actually answer any questions of the weird shit we've seen, like Amano smashing the house with a fucking shovel. What is the reality of that event? We don't get that answer. No. Um, so unless Amano actually smashed the house up with a shovel and then the next morning was just like, yeah, she's a bit weird, isn't she? <laughs> ultimate troll so i think it's a good film i'd recommend it you'd half recommend it mostly to horror fans yeah um but i i really love the cinematography in this film but certainly for a low budget film um so i'm gonna recommend it and that's that's the film uh yeah it's the best one so far (laughs) so thank you very much for joining us uh we will be back on halloween itself with silent hill 2 revelations can it match up to the original the one that we praised last year which was a brilliant film can the second one match 
catch us every couple of weeks on www.vgmovie.co.uk. Catch us at pickaxe.uk. And you can catch us on all good podcast streaming apps such as Spotify. Podcatcher apps. Podcatcher apps. I'm not I'm not a favorite kid. We're on them all. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Podbean, all of them. And also uh, tune in to us on our secondary podcast. You can look us up at Second Take Cinema via or you can look up Impala Film, find us that way. Also on Impala Films, you can find Haunted, the audio drama, which is Jamie's uh, narrative fiction audio drama series uh, who, where he stars as the main character, James Hunter, and I cameo every now and then as a comic relief character that pisses him off it sounds a bit like vgmp but narrative thanks for joining us hopefully we'll catch you next time and we hope you've enjoyed so far in the halloween horror run catch you next time Game over, yeah! cyberpunk studios